We find ourselves in this time of Advent, preparing, and maybe not necessarily preparing for Advent, but we find ourselves preparing for Christmas and and all the comings and goings. If your schedule is anything like mine, peace is not one of the words that you would claim upon it. It's quite busy with um, activities and and events and PTO meetings and and church staff uh, parties and, and fellowship, just all types of events that just leave me wondering where is peace? But we hear in this passage from the psalm this morning, Psalm 122, and this was a song that was sung by the faithful. They would sing it as they would make their way to um, the J- Jerusalem for the festivals of Passover, of unleavened bread, of the tabernacles. This wasn't just the vacationers. This wasn't just sightseers. This was people that were living out their faith in, in diligence. It was a decree that they made these annual pilgrimages. Sometimes we kind of balk at the idea of having to go to another event, another thing. But for Israel, there was joy in this discipline of going to the land that they know. It wasn't, man, we have to go to Jerusalem now, but we get to go to Jerusalem now. The passage is very clear to us. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's this sense of, of play and excitement, this sense of joy We just got back from Disney World again with my girls and and they were thrilled and over the moon that we get to go again. It's that idea of just excitement of being in the presence of God. But that doesn't always fit our lives. All too often we don't have that joy within us, that song calling us, but we deal in the chaos of life the hectic working of the world around us. The world doesn't tell us to be at peace. The world tells us to get more, to get the best at the cheapest, at the earliest possible time you can. You've seen the Black Friday sales and the the chaos that goes along with that. I'm reminded of a time that we were out deep sea fishing as a family. We'd gone out 20 miles and we had the downriggers and the outriggers and everything was, was ready for us to catch the big fish. And I'm looking out in the distance and I see these storm clouds a good ways off. But I immediately notify the captain and I say, Dad, we gotta go. And dad's like, no, we have plenty of time. It's a long way off. Well, this long way off quickly approaches. And and finally, when dad said that was enough was when the rain was beginning to drop. We pull in all the equipment and get it stored. And the storm was coming faster than our boat could. And I am determined I'm going to make it to the end without getting sick to my stomach. The waves were crashing all around us. My dad just said, look at the horizon. Look at where we're going. Find a point and focus on it. And so I looked up 
I looked at this one tower that kind of stood above everything else, the one thing you could see in the distance when you're 20 miles out into the ocean, and we're heading back. We make it, and I finally can breathe again. The queasiness settles. But it reminds me that we live in a choppy, chaotic, unjust, warring world. The same in which Isaiah lived. Israel was a storm-tossed nation, threatened by powerful Assyrians to the north and the east, and the menaced by the Egyptians on the south and the west. These kings and his advisors, they, they occupied what they needed to do to protect themselves, just anything they could do to, to protect what they have. Events were getting out of their control. Fear was running rampant. The human life there was based off material possessions. I'm going to get what's mine. You get yours. And the waters were stirred and people began to sink. The neediest, the needy, the orphan, the widows, they were neglected. And what's worse is people didn't seem to care. I might as well just go with the current. It's just the way it always has been, always will be. There's nothing I can do about it. But out of that turmoil, out of that storm-tossed world, there was one voice that stood out, a voice of God, the, the voice of God's vision, the world that was warring and killing and groping and sinking in the angry sea. Isaiah rises up. And he says, look, focus your eyes on the mountain of God, on the mountain of the house of the Lord, and there on the shore, for it shall rise up and establish as the highest of mountains, and people of all races will come and say, let us make our way together to the mountain of the Lord, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. He shall judge between the nation and, and shall decide for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah wasn't living in this impractical, idealistic, otherworldly mentality. It wasn't a fairy tale. He was living in the world in which God was speaking of, promising God in the midst of troubling people. He had a vision, a vision of God. And the thing that separated him from the others was that he actually believed the message from God that the sickness which overcomes us and draws us toward a myriad of violent insecurities it must be stopped. Our planet, our world really depends on it. Of people fixing their hearts, their minds and souls on the peace of Christ. Without that vision, the prophet says, of people perish. But you notice how he began this prophecy? How Isaiah said, in the days to come, reads the NRSV version, 
In the days to come, the literal Hebrew translation is a little more nuanced than that. It said, in the back of the days, or better yet, in the midst of the present. Isaiah is suggesting that the present moment, right here, right now, where we are sitting, what we just dealt with, what's coming on our calendars, is the moment for us to hear. Maybe an appropriate term for Advent is pregnant with God's presence. I remember that first moment when I was pregnant with Addie that I felt her move. It made me question, was was that really her? Was that really something or was it, you know, just gas or a bubble or something? Was it something I needed to know? Maybe the prophet's gift, the prophet of Isaiah, is not to magically see into the future, but to have a spirit which discerns the mystery of the present, right here, right now. There's more than meets the eye. We look for a day when the world will say and shall beat their swords, their guns, their violence into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. I believe it's nearer than we can imagine. Can you believe it? Or is the prophet just some wide-eyed, dreamy, impractical idealist? Our Lord and Savior didn't think so. He staked his very life on it. But the question for us this Advent is, can we watch Can we be ready and claim the vision that Christ, our peace, is speaking to us to move toward this vision in the midst of the present? This first Sunday of Advent, we look to the candle of hope. And we hope in what the prophet Isaiah is telling us that God has set this beautiful vision before us. And life is short. And along the way to that vision, we have broken some things. We've done some things intentionally and some things not intentionally. Some relationships have broken. Responsibilities have messed up. And the brokenness is at all levels. It's in our families. It's in our church, our communities, our nation, and our world. And it matters. It matters that we can make it right again. It matters that we acknowledge it before God and each other so that we can bring healing again where brokenness lies. If we believe the words of the prophet Isaiah, if we sing the song from Psalm of of peace, then we watch for We prepare for, we hope for, and work for God's kingdom of justice, love, and peace right in the midst of our time. And we just might make it because I believe it's closer than we think. Will you join me as we pray? O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come into our lives this Advent, a season of new beginnings, precious traditions, and the longing deep in our hearts 
for what we have learned to call the day of our Lord, your day. A day when you come with love and power and justice and mercy. A day when we stand up and become all that you have created us to be. So come to us, Emmanuel. This day in this season, may this day be the day which sores are beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And we can cry the peace within our walls, the security within our towers. And peace is within us, for we seek your good. May our cold hearts melt and relationships warm and the hungrier fed. And there's peace in our hearts, our homes, our communities, our nation, and our world. In the name of the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen.